Consider this, 100% of owners will leave their business one day, but few are prepared. Are you? Don't worry, you're in the right place with this podcast, Succession Stories. Host Lori Barkman, the business transition Sherpa, guides you from transition to transaction, from building value in your business to letting go. Lori is a business transition and M&A advisor, specializing in growth, acquisitions, and selling owner-led companies. She's also the author of the Business Transition Handbook. Get your copy and learn how to avoid succession pitfalls and create valuable exit options. Sign up for a business transition newsletter at successionstories.com. Show us the love by subscribing to the show and posting a review. We appreciate you. Now, here's this week's Succession Stories with Lori Barkman. Welcome back to the Succession Stories podcast. If you're not already, please give me a follow on LinkedIn at Lori Barkman. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a future episode. And if you listen to this podcast and enjoy it, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. It really makes a difference and enables me to reach more people and help them along the way. Today, I'm joined by Pat Ennis, founder of Ennis Legacy Partners. With decades of experience in financial services, Pat has extensive understanding of the challenges business owners face. One of them is that 100% of owners are going to eventually exit. So I thought it was important to cover the six Ds, risks that can derail a business like death, divorce, and disasters. Understandably, these risks feel like taboo topics. So that's why we're diving in. Learn why having an ownership contingency plan can enable you to preserve your business legacy, ensure business continuity, and prepare potential successors. Enjoy this Succession Stories episode about planning for the unexpected in your business with Pat Ennis. Pat Ennis, it is a delight to be with you today. I'm so glad we're together on Succession Stories. You've been a gracious host to me two times on your podcast, and I'm just so delighted to return the invitation. Well, that's very kind of you, Lori. I was telling you earlier, if I can be half the guest that you are, I'll be excited and pleased. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that compliment. And why don't you tell us first a little bit about you and how you got started in exit planning? Yeah, well, that's a great question. Historically, my career was mostly in financial services. Started some life insurance when I was about 20 years old, progressed into financial planning in the 80s, ended up at Merrill Lynch and Fidelity Investments for a while in a partner in a boutique RIA investment firm for a while too. But eight years, for eight years, I was an executive director for a nonprofit. I got real interested in business owners at the time because they were some of our biggest, most generous givers and um, just making a big impact on people. And so I got to know them and I got to interested in what their challenges were. But anyway, when I left, when it was time for me to move on and do something else, my wife continued to encourage me to become a consultant doing management and leadership consulting because I'd had success in management in for-profit and nonprofit. She said, people come to you all the time for that. I said, yeah, I know they do, but they don't have any money. That's why they come to me. <laughs> <laughs> but then, But then finally I listened to her. Listeners out there, husbands, listen sooner 
then later. And immediately I had two pretty nice engagements. And because I'm a baby boomer, one of these clients, we'd be meeting with the client and we'd be talking about building and building the business and growing it and building value. And and the owner was a man. And so his wife would be in some of these meetings and she she would say, hey, you know what? It's great you guys are talking about growing and building all the time, but I don't want to own this business eventually. And this is a very real issue at the time because the gentleman had severe terminal chronic health conditions. Anyway, they looked at me because I was a CFP, I guess, and I started to put some pieces together in place. And uh, it turns out what it was is kind of sort of exit planning. I, I didn't know what exit planning was at the time. We had a board of advisors, my my young firm, CPA, uh, Walter Dial, who you know, he's my co-host. I was describing the situation and he said, you know what that is? That's exit planning. I, you, because of all your other certifications and qualifications, you could probably get certified in it fairly quickly. I did. And that was uh, about nine years ago. And because we're baby boomers, that's become pretty much the tip of our spear. We we are legit. <laughs> You're in the space. <laughs> You're in the <laughs> we, we've gotten over a few humps. We've made a lot of mistakes probably early on. But now we I think we know what we're doing. And so that's how it happened. That's that's the uh, believe it or yeah. not, that's the nutshell version. Well, that makes sense. You've came into it from the the financial planning side, which and people know if, if they're listeners of this show, I've had folks like yourself on who are specific to exit planning. But of course, it intersects with all these other components. And the component that I want to talk about today with you, and you hinted at it, is business continuity planning. You talked about the husband and wife, and he had some health issues. So business continuity planning sounds like a phrase. People might not know what that really means. So let's start there. What is it and why is it important? Yeah, well, the problem is this, the business continuing if the owner is not able to run the business, be it because of unexpected death, permanent incapacity, whatever it might be. So, you know, we believe that an owner needs a plan for that, to prepare the business, to maintain essential functions, if indeed to avoid potential disaster or a crisis. And, and, and basically, continuity issues fall into two categories. Those that occur while an owner is alive, living like a pandemic or natural disaster, cyber attack, whatever it is, an external threat. The other category, and this is what we're going to talk about here today, you and me, that arise when an owner unexpectedly passes away or becomes disabled. That's it. There's a it's a plan for for those situations. Yeah, we sometimes refer to these as the D's. There's five of them or there's six of them. And you've mentioned quite a few. I like how you split them at the top, which is while the owner is alive and while the owner is gone. 100% of us are going to leave our company one day. And we can sort of say tongue in cheek, you're either, either going to leave horizontally or vertically. We're in the situation yeah. in, these in this conversation today to help businesses plan for the unexpected. And unfortunately, we know it's going to happen. And that's the big why, right? That's the big why. So why don't you share a story or two just to give an illustration 
Let's start yeah. with a story where things did not go well. I know you're probably okay. trying to help the client, but it, it's not your fault if it didn't go well. Yeah, yeah. Well, sadly, I mean, there's not a there's not a few of those stories. You know, I'm 64 years old and I've been doing this kind of work for a while now. And so it's not unusual to either indirectly or directly be involved. One comes to mind pretty because it, it was severe and so it was a Monday morning and I got a call from from a banker, a regional bank. They they refer us their clients to, to help them with this and exit planning and stuff like that. She said, hey, over the weekend, one of our banking clients who owns a business passed away unexpectedly. He was 62 years old. And until now, no one knew he had any health issues, very healthy. And so I know you can't really do anything to help now, but I know it'll help his wife, the spouse, if you at least talk to her. And I said, of course, yeah, of course I'll do that. And so I talked to her. The gentleman had been in business for 20 years or so, local here in Montgomery County. He was central to the business. And I'll tell you why I know, I know these things about him in just a second. He was central to the business, again, healthy, unexpected. We'll call him John Doe, Jane, his wife. I'm talking to Jane. She had no experience or knowledge of the business. She hadn't, she wasn't working in it. And so, you know, her husband just passed away on the weekend. That's one thing. That's tragic in itself. But now she's absolutely clueless as to what to do with this business. She had no instructions. And come to find out there was not an estate plan in place. And by the way, and you know this, you you say this, I'm sure. You can't do exit planning without doing estate planning. Well, there wasn't an estate plan in place. Uh, there wasn't clear instructions as to who to call, what to do, short-term, long-term. No one knew what John Doe's wishes were regarding the future of the business. There was no plan to retain any, any key people, any key employees. So clearly the environment or atmosphere was very tense and lacking in stability and, and which always results in losing employees and then eventually customers, right? And so this could have all been prevented with some planning, which we're gonna talk about here this morning. Now, here's what makes this even more, and this, is, this situation comes to mind pretty quick because of this. I had met with this man five years earlier in a donut shop, and I didn't think he was going to be a client, but I gave him some advice. I gave him, like, do these five things. If you and I never talk again, please just go do these things. Well, he didn't do any of them. And so we ended up with this very tragic situation. The, the, the financial future of the wife, kids were grown. That was good. Uh, but financial future of the wife is in question, of course. So anyway, that, that's an example. I could go on, but I'll just stop there and let you respond. Yeah, to those, those situations are much more common than we think, as you, as you alluded to. We've had folks come on the show. We had Jennifer Marriott, had been involved in two turnarounds, both related to the death of an owner. In the first company, it was her aunt. And when the aunt passed away, she was young. She was in her young 50s. And she was the glue in the back office. And when the aunt passed away, 
like you were talking about processes, nothing was documented. Jennifer had to step in and try to figure out how do we pay people? She had post-it notes all over her desk and Jennifer had to try to figure it all out. Eventually they did, but it was, it was almost a crisis. And the second company- Oh my gosh, so she just had to go in and figure it all out. She just had to go in. She was in the marketing department <laughs> and her dad was the owner with his sister, the aunt, and the aunt passed away unexpectedly. In the other situation, Jennifer was brought in as an outside CEO to help with a turnaround because there was the death of the owner and it, and the business already was not doing well. And she helped turn that around completely. Both situations, the companies were headed into a tailspin. There were no things that you alluded to, right? There were no instructions. People didn't know what was going on. And it could have been very expected for employees to leave. Why should they stay? This is a sinking ship. What should I, what should I do here? It's boggling my mind sometimes to have conversations with a client and they say, well, my son or daughter will figure it out. Yeah, no, they're in mourning, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, they're, if they're not really part of the business and they don't really know the inner workings, they don't know your wishes, how, how do you think that that's going to end? You know, how do we think your key employees are going to, how to react to that? The statistics aren't in your favor. Right. I mean, particularly because the kids, you know this, the kids don't always end up being great owners to begin with. Even, even in great circumstances, you know, even if the business is doing real well and there was a clear plan for a situation like this, it doesn't guarantee that the kid who may have been a, a very good employee is going to end up being a great owner. Yeah. But then you put them into the and 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 what and one of the the key attributes of entrepreneur owner is they can go to bed at night with all the risk and all the stress that that's entailed there. Well. You put this situation in on layer this in on top of just the the normal risk of owning a business. Oh my gosh, it's right. It's a lot. This episode is sponsored by the best-selling book, The Business Transition Handbook: How to Avoid Succession Pitfalls and Create Valuable Exit Options. Business owners will learn how to navigate the emotional and practical nature of the transition process to avoid exit regrets. It's crucial to start planning when time is on your side so you don't leave money or your happiness on the table. Reading this book, you'll have Lori Barkman, the business transition Sherpa, guiding you along the way. To download a free copy, head to thebusinesstransitionhandbook.com that's the business transition handbook.com today. What would be the five things that you said to that gentleman in the donut <laughs> shop? What, what were those five things? Yeah, I told him, first off, he was extremely central to the business, right? So, and he had no successor and he was a sole owner. And oh, sole owners have different issues, don't they? You know this. Let's talk different about that. Different business continuity issues than than do partners. Both have things they have to plan for, but the sole owner, one of the the big issues that they have to plan for is the um, uh, continuity of ownership. And who's going to own this next after me? Well, he hadn't done anything about that. So, you know, he didn't have an estate plan in place. I knew that. I asked him. And I said, if you don't do it, I, 
there may, there's probably five things. I, this was at the top of the list. I probably, well, there are two things at the top of the list. Go get an estate planning attorney if you need one. I'll get one for you, but get that going because it'll force a lot of these other questions and issues. Uh, he didn't do that. Um, and so that was one thing. Another thing I told him to do was to create, and I gave him a template for this. And I'll give anyone who's listening a template for this too, if they want one for business continuity instructions. You could do the same, I'm sure, um, where you know you document what needs to be done short term, what needs to be done long term. I did I did that, and I told him to get with his financial advisor and make sure everything's in in order there. And I, I um, told him to start thinking about, is there anyone that he can train as a successor to make him less central to the business, but then also who maybe potentially could buy his business eventually, giving him another option. So that's probably four things. I, it, you know, it may not have been five, it may have been three, three to five, but those, I know I would have said those things to him. Yeah, one of the things we want to avoid is going to probate. Can you share yeah. why we want to avoid going to probate? Well, probate can take time and, and it just adds to the stress of the situation. Like this this lady, she was going to have to go through probate. Um, Which is a court proceeding. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that brings up a, a, a good issue. The um, more often than not, well, whenever we're dealing with a sole owner, we will tell them, and usually we meet with them and their estate planner together, we'll ask the estate planning attorney. And in John Doe's or Jane Doe's situation, would it make sense as a sole owner for them with how their business is structured to put it into a, a revocable living trust so that uh, you can avoid, you can avoid um, probate? And it makes the continuity process that much smoother if something indeed does happen. Yeah, and if the business uh, so that, that was owned, a good good issue you brought up there. Yeah, tied to that, I'm just let's stay on the sole proprietor topic for a second. If a person is a sole proprietor and they pass away, and there's no change of ownership plan in place, this business will dissolve, correct, with the owner's death. Well, it depends on the structure. If it's an LLC, then then if if no one else owns it with them, if it's their business, then yeah, it's a good chance it's going to dissolve. Um, yeah. The the um, yeah, and so and, and and here's the thing: if it if it does, like in this case with Jane Doe, she was still depending on income from that business. And it, there was no way for it to continue because she didn't know anything about it and key employees were starting to jump ship. Right. So loss of um, you know, the planning issues really are these. These are the these are the questions that what would you or, or would you the business owner, John, Jane, would you want or need the business to continue at your death or permanent incapacity? How and to whom would the ownership of the business be transferred? Can the business survive without your financial support? 
because a lot of times you I'm I'm saying all this stuff to you. You know all this stuff. Uh, but listeners, uh, can the business survive without your financial support, particularly if you're a sole owner? Um, can the business survive without your talents? It it couldn't without this gentleman's talents, his knowledge, his experience. He still had the key relationships, all of that. And then can the business survive if key employees and then usually customers leave after key employees do because the service level goes down, work doesn't get fulfilled and so on and so forth. So those are the key issues or the key questions that really um, expose the, the key planning issues in this. How about you want to hear you want to hear a good story? Well, I was just gonna, yeah, I do. I was just going to say we talked about a scenario that didn't go so well. What share with us a scenario where it did? All right. Well, it's current. It's current client and um, two partners. So this is different in that it's partnership and not a sole owner. And they've been in business together for 20, 20 years or so. A phenomenal partnership. You know, they're, they're, they share the same core values and they may have robust debate and everything about stuff. But at the end of the day, they they come together and get it done. Um, they they have a current a current reviewed in the last year by sell agreement that's been reviewed. I reviewed it, but the attorney did a phenomenal job of it. It's funded with, and I'll tell you why that's important um, here in a second. It's funded with both life insurance and disability buyout insurance. Um, they, they're both in process of updating their estate plans and their plan for wealth management. They've also had their insurance people, and we meet like you. We'll meet with all these different advisors, and and, uh, and so they've had all their insurance re uh, coverage reviewed, both on the personal side and the business side, to include ownership and beneficiaries. Just making sure all of that's in line. The successors are in place for both. Let's call them Jim and Jim and Joe. Successors are in place for both of those guys, and to levels below them. Um, there's clarity as to what happens if one of the two of them is no longer available. Uh, the key people on staff know the plan. It's been communicated. There's going to be plenty of liquidity, plenty of liquidity for short, short, any short-term cash needs if, if something happens to either one of these guys, including the replacement of their skills and knowledge and uh, of the lost owner. There, there's it incentive plans being put in place to align with growing the business, uh, but also retaining key people in the event some one of these two guys, something happens to them. And all of this, all of that planning lends toward the complete opposite, doesn't it, of the other situation. It lends toward peace, stability, the goals of the owners being accomplished. It's complete it's complete opposite, 380 degree situation. Yeah, very, very and, here's what, and here's what's really, one of the gentlemen just learned within the last few months, he's he's got cancer. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, we are hoping and praying that he beats it. He, he had cancer 10 years ago and he beat it this time. 
he's 10 years older. He's my age. And, um, and we're praying and, and hoping that he beats it yet again. But they all know that if God willing, something did happen to him, they're all the box, the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed, and it's a good feeling. They they already have peace and stability in the situation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, we're all hoping that that turns into a happy outcome. But if not, that they've been they've been preparing, and that's a good thing. It's almost like a taboo topic to talk about these things. It's a very uncomfortable. I don't want to think about my death. It's morbid, right? But if we think about it as it's our legacy. And mm -hmm. the name of your firm, Legacy Partners, isn't that the intent? Well, it is. It, it, as you know, everything, all the work that you do, all the work that we do is, is the foundation of it is what the goals, the dreams, the desires of the owner are. And so, just like you, we work real hard to find out that information. And, and sometimes it is legacy. And 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 values-based goals like these two guys here, real strong values-based goals as strong as any financial goals they have. Whereas other maybe there are other owners that no, not so much. We're we want to cash out and move on as quick as possible, or we want a life-changing liquidation event. And there's values in there, of course, but. It's the financial piece that they can be most, some or most, and that's fine. We just need to figure out, right? Don't we? we do. <laughs> what they want and then help them, help them realize whatever it is they want. Yeah. And you do a fantastic job of that. Let's start to wind down a little bit here. We've talked about a lot, a lot of concepts on the table. If you were going to summarize into three things that you want our listeners to take away and say, I'm going to do these three things and I'm going to do them in the next 90 days, what would they be? That's good. We like to work in 90 day sprints. That's really good. Um, Lori, so again, the, the planning issues are these. Continuity of ownership. Um, loss of financial resources. It, 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 the you're, that you're bringing to the table currently, loss of your skills and talents and knowledge, and loss of key employee. So absolutely, if you've not reviewed your estate plan in the last three years, please do that with your estate planning attorney. If you do not have documented in what we would call business continuity instructions, short-term and, and, and long-term um, uh, actions and instructions for whoever's left behind, please do that. And actually, just by going through that process and filling out a document like that, it's going to raise a whole lot of other questions and issues. That's why I like to suggest those two things, if nothing else, because those two things, as you, uh, again, I'm preaching to the choir here with you, uh, just expose a lot of other planning questions and issues. Now, the estate planning attorney, if you have a good one, they'll do a really good job of getting everything in place to transfer ownership the right way. It's not their job to think about how you're going to retain key employees, which is absolutely 
essential if you want that business to continue. So state plan, business continuity instructions, and think about who your successor is and how that successor can be retained if something were to happen to you. Those three things. Yes. And just to underscore something you said earlier, which is the funding mechanism for the ownership successors through a buy-sell agreement to be funded through insurance. That is really important. It kind of goes along with your number three. I just want to tag it on there because it's a it's an insurance provider that's going to help you think through how all of the money is going to flow from one party to another. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up for two reasons. For Thanks for bringing it up. Um, insurance is one of those things that you're not, it's one of the only things you're not guaranteed you can get for, for the rest of your life. Um, you, or sometimes you can get it. Like if my friend went to try, uh, my client and friend went to try to buy life insurance now, he either wouldn't get it or he'd have to pay about as much as the face amount to get it. But he, had, he already had it. So he was good. So that's a reason to always stay current with that. Oh, one other thing. If there's if your partnership, make sure to review your buy-sell agreement regularly. So that's kind of a fourth thing for for the for um if you if you've got one or more partners. And just to back it up a step, if you don't have an estate plan or if you don't have a buy-sell agreement and you want to learn more about those things, we would definitely advocate for that. I'm sure you've covered it on your show and we have too, but you can Google those terms and definitely learn more about them. Pat, you're a wealth of knowledge. If people want to follow up with you and, and contact you, what's a good way to get in touch? Well, thanks for asking. Yeah, um, it, it, phone number is 301-859-0860. And then the um, email is email at nslp.com. And uh, nslp.com is our primary website, exitreadiness.com. They can, uh, we built that for smaller Main Street business owners who, who they want to try to do it themselves. So we got some do-it-yourself resources on there. Uh, but those are, those are ways. Lori, awesome. thanks for having me. I mean, <laughs> you're a phenomenal guest. I've had you on twice. You're phenomenal, but you're a great interviewer too. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Well, I've, I've again, congratulations on your your book. Congratulations oh. on your book. Congratulations on your award winning podcast. Understandable why, and uh, and just the the impact you're having with the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. That really means a lot to me. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate our our working relationship and education. That's what we're trying to do. Is we're trying to help our audience. We're trying to help business owners avoid exit regrets and create create value. And, and I believe this episode is a key part of that. So Pat, thank you so much for coming on Succession Stories today. You're more than welcome. Glad to be here. And to our listeners, be sure to follow Succession Stories in your favorite podcast player and on YouTube, and be sure to leave us a review. We really appreciate that. To learn more about maximizing the value of your business and planning for transition, book a complimentary call with me at thebusinesstransitionsherpa.com. Join us next time on Succession Stories for more insights from transition to transaction. I hope that today's episode resonated with you. 
What actions will you take as a result? If you want to grow, sell, or transition your business, our strategic transition planning process provides clarity and objectivity on the big questions that may be weighing on your mind. Make an intention and take the next step. Set up a complimentary consultation with me to discuss your goals at thebusinesstransitionsherpa.com. That's thebusinesstransitionsherpa.com.